Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show podcast. It is your host, David McKaig Jr. The Game Sports Show podcast is powered by 91N91 Network, formerly known as TGEM, the Game Entertainment and Media. And if you tuned in to a recent Top Shelf edition, you would have heard the teaser, the spoiler, if you will, of the TGEM name change. And I'm saying it here on this edition. There will be a formal announcement uh, this month, the month of July 2023, with the official name change. So again, the Game Sports Show and the Game Sports Show podcast is powered by 91N, the 91 Network, formerly known as TGEM, the Game Entertainment and Media. The Game Sports Show podcast is sponsored by Flawless Roofing, SureSeal Incorporated. Flawless Roofing, let me spell that out for you. D-A-V, I'm just kidding. It's not my name, and it's also not how you spell flawless. You know how to spell flawless, but one thing that they do know is that they have over 30 years' experience in the biz, okay? They're located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. They're located in Thunder Bay, but it doesn't matter where you're located. If you want to get in touch with Flawless Roofing, SureSeal Incorporated, you can check out their website, flawlessroofing.ca, or check them out on Facebook. Facebook, Flawless Roofing, Sure Seal Incorporated. Like I said, over 30 years in the biz, commercial, residential, rooftops, doesn't matter. They got you covered. And be smart. And as they say, protect your investment. Start from the top. Flawless Roofing uh, and the Game Sports Show together here on the Game Sports Show and the Game Sports Show podcast. And we appreciate their support on this podcast, much like we support the Flawless Roofing initiatives, but also having you on as listeners. And speaking of which, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all of the Game Sports Show content that could be on YouTube through the TGEM, or should I say 91N Network YouTube channel, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Video, audio, hit like, hit follow, hit subscribe. We appreciate it when you do that, just like we appreciate when you tune in. Now, This edition of the Game Sports Show podcast will be produced by yours truly. And getting to the agenda of the show, it is going to be one segment, one segment only, commercial-free. It's going to be ad-free to the exception of this introduction where I talk about Flawless, of course. Uh, But it's going to be featuring baseball and it's going to be featuring hockey. And it's going to be more hockey than baseball discussion, but I will get into both very much so. Most recent news in the world of baseball, including the All-Star Game, as well as recent news on the ice, or should I say off the ice, because the NHL is in the offseason, so the topics of hockey will be geared more so towards the NHL. But I got a little rumor that I heard that I'm going to save for the very end in my final thoughts. As I mentioned, one segment on this upload. We did plan to have two. I apologize. We did plan to have a very special guest come on this edition. His name was is Terry Virtue. Uh, he is a former NHL hockey player and a Calder Cup champion in the American Hockey League. Two-time Calder Cup champion. Uh, unfortunately, there were some complications with recording, so we're going to get Terry on on a future edition. That be on a Game Sports Show podcast episode or a Game Sports Show special edition uploads. Make sure you keep tuned for that. So in general, just keep in tune with all the episodes that we do here. The Game Sports Show podcast and the Game Sports Show special edition are not the only editions the Game Sports Show does. There's Strike Zone. We have Top Shelf. There's there's the In the Pocket segment. There's Full Time that is unbelievable. Uh, and also on the 91N or 
should I still say the TGM Network YouTube channel? Uh, you can check out multiple content on there, especially the bitter rivals folks with Catano and Avery. All right, so I got through the housekeeping items in just about four minutes. I think that is more so a record for myself, especially after there hasn't been a show in, well, definitely over 10 days. I don't have the exact amount, but you know what? We have released a lot of content that be through the Game Sports Show channels and the 91N slash TGEM channels. So there's always content flowing from us. So as I said, make sure you are following along. And I want to get into the show here to talk about baseball first. I want to walk it off, if you will. And I don't want to get into too much baseball news because I want to save it for strike zone editions. We usually do one or two strike zone editions a month here on the Game Sports Show. Uh, we do one every round in the playoffs. You know, so we got about 12-ish episodes that we do uh, throughout the season, 10 to 12. Uh, sometimes it's ranged from 8 to 12 in the last three to four years that we've done the show, myself and Connor. But I do want to give the up-to-date reaction. And just so everybody's aware, I am recording this on July 12th, the morning of July 12th, uh, sitting here, actually enjoying a nice fresh brew of coffee in my favorite coffee cup, if you will. If you're on video, you're getting a treat to seeing this on video. It's uh, uh, my Grogu cup for the Mandalorian. No free ads, I said, right? But uh, Or no advertisements in general, but I just gave the Mandalorian and Star Wars a little love. But trust me, they're not uh, needing anything. Just <laughs> They got a lot of attention. But I'm sitting here going to go through the recent updates from this morning of July 12th. And baseball last night had its all-star game. The night before was the, of course, the, the, the home run derby. And when it comes to the home run derby, I'm a fan of it. I truly am. I, I love it. I think, I think that's a great competition. I think everyone does try in the home run derby. I, I think that it's a, it, anyone could win. Just look at this year. You know, Pete Alonso, who has won a couple of them, he was trying to go for Ken Griffey's record. Julio goes in there at T-Mobile Park at his home park and absolutely just <laughs> eliminates them right away, right? Over 40 home runs by Julio Rodriguez. Uh, listen, Julio's a stud, all right? And Pete, no no offense to him, he, he's got power, but he was not even going to come close to that number. He broke Vlad's record that Vlad set in 20. Uh, 2019 when he got 40 home runs uh, Julio hit 41 that's that's unbelievable but I really like the home run derby and I haven't seen a Blue Jay win it uh, that I can remember and I know if there is anybody people are going to say oh th this happened this happened look look I'm talking about what I can remember in recent memory and seeing what Vlad did to when his first year when he did it when he lost he had a good run right it was it was great to watch he hit over like 90 home runs it was it, it was wild right and as Blue Jay fans like oh my god this guy's gonna win just multiple home run derbies but then Vlad never did home run derbies again after that right but he comes into this home run derby uh, he beats Mookie Betts I think that was a pretty easy matchup for for Vlad then of course you get um, you're gonna you get uh, Julio in the second round and I remember being on the couch and saying oh no <laughs> oh no you know Julio's at his home park he just hit 41 bombs but you know what Julio must have used all that energy in the first round and even Vlad looked exhausted it was a competitive round but Vlad walks away with the win and even with Luis Robert I I thought that he would be one who's in the finals but of course you see a Rosarina that gets there and that that's that's great to see you see power it's just how they're feeling that day 
And anything can happen in the home run derby. That's why it's exciting. Anyone can win. Anyone's trying. Of course, they got the antics. Uh, and if you're on video watching me right now, I'm doing the little thing that uh, Rosarena and Vlad did where they did their arms crossed. You know, they had the little showboating still. They're having the Gatorade. You know, Vlad hits one and walks off after he did it in his minutes that he had an extra time after he beat Julio. Right, it's all fun and games. They're having fun with each other. There's there's no animosity. Fans might get a little bit offended by how people react at that, but hey, they they are just having fun. And there's there, the baseball players like to give little jabs at each other when they win. It's not like hockey players where I think the chirps are a little bit more gut wrenching or a little bit more, I should say, worse towards each other. I, I the the home run derby is fun to watch for the fans. It's fun for the players. And mostly people that are in attendance. You know, David Ortiz was there. Ken Griffey was there. <clears throat> There's the, the the fans at T-Mobile got to see a lot of entertainment, especially in left field. Got a lot of action, you know, from the Vlad and the Rosarenas, right? It was great. It was just overall great and entertaining. And to see Vlad win it and to be the first father-son duo to win it with his dad winning it before, it's great. I'm a fan of the Home Run Derby, so kudos to Vlad. Uh, we're going to talk more perhaps about the All-Star Game, but more brief when we have Strike Zone because it will be almost a week after the All-Star Game when we have another Strike Zone episode. Uh, so that's why I'm giving a bit more reaction now. Uh, but I want to say that thumbs up to the Home Run Derby. I'm a fan of it. I own MLB The Show. I, I play video games uh, when I can, when there is the odd free time, which is never the case. But when I do do it, I, I look forward if I'm doing franchise mode or road the show or if I'm doing just an exhibition and there's some bodies over we play home run derby we know we, you can make a drinking game out of it it's 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 so fun it i i video game wise or a tv live wise thumbs up to the home run derby i think that's something that you can't really fake i, I don't think i'm a fan of it let me know what you think but when it comes to the game look i know the game was close i would rather see a more high scoring game did i watch the game no i didn't so i watched the home run derby i don't watch the all-star game for the mlb i think it's one of the worst all-star games i think the nba doesn't do it right i think the nhl even through on three is exciting but it's it's not it's it's a more of a showboat right everything is just a showboat for the fans it seems like for baseball home run derby is that but it's not and that's just one of the only events at an all-star game that i appreciate watching and it's one of the only things that i do watch when it comes to the nhl if i'm watching a skills competition it's the target shooting because it's real they're trying to hit it it's it's actually those obstacle courses are the most entertaining to watch but other than that it's a joke but i'm speaking of the game right now for the mlb all-star game and it was not enjoyable uh from what i saw on the highlights and from the comments but people did say it was an exciting game it was a close game it seems like players were trying and it does mean something right when you win you have that home field advantage uh, when it comes to the world series and the nl gets the w and gives them the advantage when it comes to the world series so i think in a little bit the players are trying uh, but then you have the risk of injury uh, jordan romano at this time we don't know what the verdict's going to be maybe by the time this upload comes up there's a bit more detail hopefully he is okay uh seems like he had a little tweak and left early in the game from what I saw anyways, accurate or not. But the game in general was close. It seems that it did provide a little bit of entertainment to the viewers, but I think the All-Star games in itself... <laughs> They gotta come up with something. I don't think it's ever gonna stop as much as people want it to stop. I don't. I don't think it will because it does make money. Look at the cello crowd in, in Seattle, uh, especially with Shohei Otani being there and Shohei giving a lot of love to Seattle. Keep your eyes open for that. It seems like if Shohei becomes a free agent, maybe Seattle isn't an unrealistic option uh, next to the Dodgers, next to the re-signing with the Angels, and heck, even next to signing with the Jays. Uh, he. He gave a lot of comments to Seattle, but nonetheless, same with the fans. They sold out, and they had a lot of viewers, you know, and 
for Vlad to win the home run derby for the Jays. Look, you got the Canadian population that cheers for the Jays. They see that. It gains attention, positivity. But the game in itself, the all-star game, I wish they had a little something different, a little different format, a way that allowed the players to be a little more competitive but not have that risk of injury because it's very important, right? Also, as much as it's important for the fans, it's important for the teams to be able to be healthy in the, or sorry, for the teams to have healthy players to be able to go into their second half. We'll never see the All-Star game stop. There'll always be something, uh, but maybe it's worth doing something different. Still do the home run derby, but maybe make it a little bit of a tournament, uh, a smaller team tournament. I, I don't know. In baseball, it's a little bit more challenging than it would be in other sports. But I thumbs up to the home run derby. Not a thumbs down to the All-Star game. It's kind of just a eh, mid-thumb uh, for the All-Star game. Now, I was asked, what do you think about your, what do you think of the first half, Dave? What do you think is going to happen in the second half? Look, to talk about the first half, there's a lot of disappointing teams that didn't really live up to expectations. The Padres, the Mets didn't live up to the expectations, all right? And the Blue Jays even are in that realm. The Yankees are in that. Surprising teams. Are the Rays a surprising team? No, they're not. If anyone thinks they are, they've always been a good team for the last couple of years. The Orioles, is that a surprising team? Yes, at this year. But I think next year, the year after, maybe was the, the expected time frame where they'd be at now, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, some divisions are weaker than others. Of course, you've got the AL East. It's just an absolute juggernaut. The Braves look good. The Dodgers look good. Uh, the Reds are looking so exciting. They're the most exciting young team in baseball. So a lot of good storylines in the first half. For the second half, I think we're going to see a lot of change. I think you're going to see the Jays get hot. I think Vlad's going to get even hotter. I think the Jays are going to finish second in the division. I don't think they're going to catch up to Tampa. Uh, but I do think an or Orioles uh, and Blue Jays matchup in a wild card is going to be again in our future, uh, and that'll be a very exciting series. Uh, the AL is wide open. The NL, I think there's a bit more separation from the higher power teams, but it could ha anything could happen. Look what happened with the Phillies last year, right? Just the Braves look absolutely disgusting right now. Uh, and coming up to the trade deadline, there's going to be, a, I think, a lot of movement. I think it's going to be one of the more busier deadlines that we've seen in the last couple years, and that's very exciting. But I'm going to stop there in terms of baseball because when it comes to the strike, Zone edition with myself and Connor. We will talk more about trade deadline rumors, what we've been hearing, what we've talked to with the other particular experts, as well as what we feel. But to give everyone the answer to a question I begin on text, we think of the second half, three storylines was people, that's one that I'll come up with. I've been asked numerous questions, but the three storylines that I'll say, Jays will get hot. The Reds will continue to be a storyline. And I'm going to say the Padres are going to bounce back. Okay, those are the three main storylines. Uh, if you want something different for the Reds, fine. I will uh, give you something different for uh, for the Reds. I think, honestly, that you're going to see Shohei Otani get traded. There's my surprise storyline. But we'll save that for the pre-deadline, uh, for the trade deadline segment in the next strike zone edition the angels i think are in a very tight bind and i don't think shohei is going to stay especially with the way the angels are playing i don't think they're i think he wants to be on a competitive team and i don't see the angels being that uh especially even and it's sad because they have mike trout there it seems like they have two lamborghinis uh in the driveway of a shack it, it, it's just unfortunate those are my three storylines i think but we're going to say baseball chat for when we have connor here on we have a lot of hockey to get to so i want to get to that so before I do that, I want to take a sip of, uh, well, it's getting a little bit cold, of course, but need to make sure I have my cup of chow in the morning. Mm. And that cup, it just tastes even better. So hockey. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about the NHL. I'm not going to get into the 
Ontario Hockey League, the junior, the AHL, uh, for anyone in Sault Ste. Marie, I'm not going to talk about anything Sioux related at this time. Uh, I know there's been a lot of local news and I've been getting asked, you know, how come there's hasn't been as much local coverage. There is a reason for that as our format. There's a lot of changes here at the Game Sports Show and who we're powered by. So we will have more action going into this year, but don't worry. Hockey news is hot, and a lot of it is centralized towards the NHL. And there's a lot of podcasts that do that, right? A lot of companies that do talk about it, but everyone has their own opinion. And, of course, there's been a lot of followers here on the Game Sports Show uh, for many years since we started in 2016. And if you're a newcomer to the show, uh, like I said at the beginning, please hit like, follow, and subscribe. But I want to make sure I give my take. I think it's very important. Uh, to not only our listeners, but to keep having the variety of options for you to hear and just to interact to. And I want you to interact, so interact below. So let's get into the hockey. Let's stick handle here. Let's snipe bar down. Late draft reaction. Connor Bedard going first. Duh. Anyone who had a trade proposal there, like I said, in previous top shelf, top shelf edition with the, with the fellas, no, wasn't happening. Okay, Bedard's the next generation. He's the next. They're saying McDavid or Crosby. I agree. He's going to be a generational talent. He's going to be a centerpiece to a team, a franchise player. He's going to be a damn good player, a 90 to 110 point guy on a team uh, for the rest of his career. Yeah, I think he's going to, even in his first year, I think he's going to hit 70 points. Uh, he's going to be impressive. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but I said when I see him, Connor Bedard, I see a lot of a Steven Stamkos. Um, I think just the release, the size, like it's a little bit different. I think when Bedard gets a little bit bigger, um, and he gets into his to his stride a bit more. He's very fast. He has great hands. There are differences from Stamkos, but I see a Steven Stamkos in a generalized uh, performance side there with him. So I think that's what we're going to see of a Connor Bedard if you want a comparison of a career, and I think that's a pretty darn good career if Connor Bedard plays like Steven Stamkos. Stamkos has been the Cup Finals multiple times. He's won multiple Cups. I think that's a fair comparison. But to say he's Crosby or McDavid, ugh. That's so challenging because I, I believe he has the same hype that Crosby did. I think McDavid still had more hype than Bedard did, uh, but Bedard did wonders in junior more so than McDavid did. But like, let's be real here. I think I think that when, when McDavid played, maybe it was more competitive in major junior, just like when Crosby played. I'm sorry, it might be an unpopular opinion, uh, but it remains to be seen. Bedard's going to be a top three player in the world in the next coming years. He's going to be right up there with McDavid. Uh, but again, I still kind of see him mirroring a Stamkos kind of career. We'll see if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm still doing this podcast in the next five, uh, next, well, hopefully five, but I mean the next 20 plus years and maybe 20 years from now when Connor Bedard is in his 40th year and then I'll be 51, my goodness. Um, maybe that's when we'll see if my reaction was right and we can play this clip. Michkov, what a steal for the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, my goodness. Seventh. What were you thinking, Montreal? What? what like, we're going through that. Like, no. That's all. Steal of the draft. Ducks, you missed out. Look, Leo Carlson um, is truly a great pick. But he's not better than Adam Fantilli. I think Fantilli has the opportunity to be just as good as Bedard is. I... I Call me nuts. I, I, I really feel like Fantilli has the stronger side of the game. I think he can have a stronger shot, not more accurate, not toe drag release, as we hear Coach Chippy say on TikTok, speaking of no advertisements. Uh, I just, I like Adam Fantilli's game. I, I really like it. And Columbus scored. Columbus has been busy this offseason. 
you know, they've, they've made some additions this year. They brought, they brought in Mike Babcock as a coach, even though I think that's a sus, a very suspect move. You know, you bring Proveroff in there, you have Line, you have Goudreau, Fantilli's getting, you have Boone Jenner, who's a great leader and one of the best names in hockey. I think Fantilli uh, is situated nice there, and I think the Ducks really missed out. Just look at some of Fantilli's highlight clips from the summer. The guy's a stud. The guy is a stud. Uh, Columbus gets the win over uh, the Ducks on that. I don't know what they were thinking. That's all I'm going to talk about with the draft because it happened well over a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to give a little bit of reaction because we haven't had a segment here on the Game Sports Show since then. New faces to new places. You would have saw the thumbnail. Uh, you the you saw a couple players on there, of course. Um, the players moved. There's obviously some Leafs on the front of that thumbnail now. The Bertuzzi. Uh, the Leafs made some moves. You know, they, they had players leave. You had Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Ryan Reeves, and John Klingberg uh, come on in from the uh, from the free agent signings. You lose Ryan O'Reilly. You lose Donald Chari. You lose Luke Shen. Uh, you, you also lose Alex Kerfoot. Justin Hall leaves. Uh, and... It's it's it was a change this offseason. I'm going to get to some of the names that where they went, but I'm speaking about Toronto right now, and I'm going to start with Toronto about new places, and I'm going to end actually with a rumor, uh, the rumor mill in Toronto. But Bertuzzi, Domi, and Reeves makes Toronto a harder team to play against, harder nosed, challenging guys that will go to the net. And I've been asked, where do you think Bertuzzi's playing? He's playing with Matthews. He's starting the year with Matthews. Domi. I don't see him starting on the second line. I I, I don't. I, I think they're going to try to treat him like a curfoot, because um, I, I just knowing how Keith is, I think that Domi starts on the third line as a centerman and maybe eventually moves to the wing on the second line if Matthew Nyes doesn't start as hot as he looked in the playoffs. And then there'll be that rotation. Uh, Matthew Nyes was a stud. He had good chemistry with John Tavares. Uh, I think he also played good with Willie or Marner. If that, whoever was on that side, either way, it worked out. I think he would play well with Matthews, Arizona boys. Uh, but I think that's Bertuzzi's spot. I think you got to keep Nyes with Tavares and uh, Nylander, if Nylander is still there by the time the puck drops, or heck, even by the time this recording comes up. Uh, but Domi as a third line, I think, really fits. I think that makes sense. Uh, the player that I'm getting asked about a lot is Nick Robertson. I'm going to get to the Leafs rumor mill about stuff, but it's mostly geared towards Nylander and Matthews from what I've been hearing from sports guys that I'm close with in Toronto. Uh, but I thought the Leafs are not done by bringing in these uh, new plate, new faces to this new place, if you will. Uh, but I love the signing Bertuzzi and Domi. I don't care that it's one year. The cap's going up next year. There's some movement we got to see. There is a slight fear in me, though, that they signed for one year because this is the year they're going for it. And it makes me wonder about Matthews. I'm just going to put that seed in everybody's mind, but I could be wrong. Heck, Matthews could be signing that contract right now while I sit here drinking my coffee, talking to you, right? So love the moves. Tree Living's addressing something that I expected that he would, the tenacity, the grind uh, the grind for the team, and I think he's going to – I think he's not done, and I love the moves that he's done. I give Toronto still a B for their moves. Um, I think there's still room to make it better. If uh, if I am a Toronto fan, I th- which I am, 
I, I, I'm, I'm open to bringing in a defenseman, uh, and I'm open to bringing in the top nine forward. Um, but to do that, you'd have to make a trade. But like I said, I will have a mock trade at the end. Okay, I'll spoil what my rumor mill uh, is generating. Now, other faces to new, new, new places. Jonathan Juan to the Avs. I love that. Jonathan Juan played with the Halifax Mooseheads. He played with Nathan McKinnon. A uh, friend of the show, Zach Fucali, uh, really loved that uh, Love the interviews I've done with Zach. But when I think of the Halifax Mooseheads, I think of McKinnon. I think of Juan. I think of Zach Fucali, right? Um, but we're not talking about Zach Fucali here. Uh, Jonathan Juan going to Colorado on a fair deal. I think he's got to play with McKinnon. you got to try to give, uh, give Juan the opportunity to get back to what he could be. He was so impressive when he was young, when he played in the World Juniors, when he was coming through the ranks, you know, a top five pick, obviously. you got to give him an opportunity to, to flourish. And I think he will flourish in the position with a Colorado Avalanche as long as he plays with Nathan McKinnon. Make it, make it happen. Uh, other names, and I obviously going through the notes, we got Philip Sedana to the Sharks. I, I, I love this is the same thing as Duran, an opportunity to for a change of scenery. And I think for San Jose being a rebuilding team, this is a, a kid that can go one of two ways. He can have a very strong season, and if he has a very strong season, he can get paid next year, maybe stay in San Jose or get paid elsewhere. If it doesn't work out in San Jose after playing likely top six minutes, uh, you can maybe get another shot somewhere because you're young, or maybe you got to look at playing overseas in Europe and go to the KHL because uh, really it's not going to work out here for you. But I am pulling for Zidana. I think he's a great player. He's got good size. He can put the puck in the net. I think he's going to bounce back this year and he's going to get over 40 points. Uh, that's not the most impressive of all years, but if he can hit 20 goals, I think that would be a very big accomplishment for Zidana. Uh, looking at Newhook and Montreal, that's a great trade for Montreal despite missing out on Michkov. You know, it would have been nice if you had Newhook and Michkov there, uh, but you have Newhook and he is a very impressive pick. He's the odd guy out in Colorado. Uh, he's going to have a great opportunity there in Montreal uh, they they they're going to be bringing they're going to be doing a re-sign with him as well for 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 four years is what I was told uh, so they have they have a great young core there with Caulfield you got Suzuki and uh, Zavalski you got you got you got the crew there in Montreal and they're they're continuing the rebuild they want to be competitive on the ice I don't see them being a playoff team this year even maybe next uh, but bringing a new hook's a great move by Montreal he, he has a lot of upside Ryan O'Reilly Luke Shen to the Nashville Predators uh, I, I am a Luke Shen fan it was great to see him come back to Toronto for a bit but it's not a big loss to Toronto's blue line I'm sorry I think they can you know build and promote even promote from within or make moves in the soft season uh, definitely was a good fit with Riley, but there's other opportunity. The one that hurts is Ryan O'Reilly. You know, the reason why it hurts a lot is if you're a Toronto fan, it hurts because he took the same amount of money to go elsewhere than to stay with you. Obviously, there's something missing. Michael Bunting to the Carolina Hurricanes and Dmitry Orlov. Carolina, look, you know, Pacioretty's on the way out. He goes to Washington, Pacioretty. Carolina's looking for those type of guys, the sandpaper type guys. Uh, Bertuzzi's definitely better. Is a uh, Michael Bunting's a poor man's Bertuzzi or poor man's Marchant. Sorry to say it, to saying how it is. Uh, but Carolina's getting a good player. I think $4.5 million is a little steep for Michael Bunting. Uh, I think he's going to go to a Carolina team where he doesn't have Austin Matthews. He'll have good players around him, but it's going to be different expectations. Uh, he'll still be a 40-point guy there, but four and a half million is a lot of money. Dmitry Orlov, though, 
fan of that move. Orloff had a great showing after leaving Washington, going over to Boston. I think that's a great pick for the Carolina Hurricanes. And Carolina, along with Pittsburgh, is a front runner for the Eric Carlson sweepstakes. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Carolina. I think it's going to be Dubas who pulls off that move, uh, of course. But I think uh, re-signing Freddie as well, Carolina has a lot of props this offseason. They're going to be a scary team again next year. I'd be very surprised if they weren't at least a conference final team next year. Alex Kaloran to the Ducks. Look, he goes to the Ducks and he leaves Tampa. He's won cups. He's getting paid. He's going to be with the young guys there, helping them grow. Uh, why not? Look, if I was in the National Hockey League, of course I would try to win a Stanley Cup with Toronto. That would be my dream. But if I won a couple cups and I did it in whatever city, he obviously did it in Tampa and flip-flops, but now he's going to stay in flip-flops in California. He's going from Tampa. He's going from Florida. On the other side, he's going to be going to California. Uh, I always had a joke that I used to tell my friends that if I ever made it somewhere and I was playing in Canada, I'd try to win a couple cups for the Canadian team. And then once I hit my early 30s and I was a free agent, I would be taking my talents to the hot areas of the hockey world. San Jose, LA, uh, Anaheim, Florida, Tampa. Truthfully, I'd pick L.A. is probably where I would go uh, because just being in Los Angeles, uh, just for that experience. And Kaloran has done it right, in my opinion. The guy has been in the tropical heat. He's won cups. He's been a great hockey player. He's played with some good players. He's going to go help mold some young guys. He's he's won. He's going to be a great leader in that locker room for the Ducks. Connor Brown is back with uh, Connor McDavid. He had a lot of success in the O with Connor and, and Con- or with Connor McDavid has that Connor Brown had. Uh, but in the Ontario Hockey League is a lot different than the NHL. Connor Brown was very good on Toronto. After he left Toronto, he was not the same. His contract's terrific for Edmonton. It's mostly bonuses. Uh, Senators paid. Speaking of the Senators, uh, Jonas Corposalo, fella got paid. I'm very suspect about that move. I feel like Carposal, despite having some good playoff showings and a good bounce back year of sorts last year with the Los Angeles Kings, that was a slight overpay, but Ottawa needed to address their goaltending, and they did that. But they have Sogard. They have young guys. I feel like they could have went in a different direction, uh, maybe more of a veteran end or somebody a bit more established on a one- or two-year to help with the development. But we'll see if this pays off because the centers are looking like a scary team. Those are going to be the signings that I'm going to discuss and give opinions on. I could sit here all day. Uh, we've went on for the last 10 plus minutes talking about multiple moves. Obviously, a lot of these moves have already happened. They've been discussed. Some of them are 13 days old. Some of them are 12 or sorry, 12 days old going on 13 days old. Some of them are 10. Some of them are 9. Some of them are 3. Some of them are just today uh, or yesterday, I should say. So... Either way, I want to know what your reaction is. Let me know what you think were the best signings uh, in the uh, National Hockey League this offseason. And obviously, there's a lot that I missed. There's a lot of uh, a lot of high-end ones to, that I missed. And there's a couple that I missed in particular, especially with Detroit. And there's a reason why, because I'm going to talk about my final thoughts. So don't heckle me about Detroit yet or even the Islanders. If you have any other teams that you're thinking of heckling me with, let me know. Because I want to hear your thoughts about some of the moves that happened. And if you're asking me about the Timo Meyer deal... I'll get to that in a second as well. Tarasenko and Matt Dumba. Look, Tarasenko, Matt Dumba, are the free agents remaining as of now. That can change. Tarasenko was supposed to go to Carolina. It doesn't seem like that's happening. It looks like it's going to be Ottawa, and I love that. 
I hope it is Ottawa. I think that is a very unique fit to see someone go right to Ottawa. Uh, he's obviously won a cup, Tarasenko. Uh, he's going to be going to the locker room with a team that would love to and welcome him in the top six. Makes that top six a little more scarier. Ottawa is just getting better and better. I, I think that's terrific. I don't see him signing long term there, though. I'd be very surprised if he did, but maybe that's what he's looking for. I can see it's more of a two-year type deal, but again, players look for security, so I'm very curious see what Ottawa does. Matt Dumba, I think he's a fit for every team in the National Hockey League. Uh, as a Toronto fan, I think he would be a great fit uh, in Toronto. Uh, I think it would be someone that you can bring in that maybe move a TJ Brody. Uh, but again, Brody is better on the defensive side, but Dumba loves laying the body a little bit more. So I, if I'm a Toronto fan, I'm looking at Dumba, but... Dumba would be a great fit on a lot of teams. You can look at Edmonton, but they don't have the, the caps, a little bit of an issue. You can look at Pittsburgh if they don't get Carlson. You can look at the Winnipeg Jets. You know, they're, they're who knows what's going on there. And with Connor Hellebuck, uh, I'm not really going to talk about Connor Hellebuck that much, but it seems like he's going to be on his way out. If you want my prediction about Connor Hellebuck quick, uh, no, it will not be Toronto uh, that he gets traded to. I, I I don't see that being the case. It will not be Pittsburgh. Uh, it will not be the Washington Capitals. If you want me to give you my prediction about what team I think is going to Connor Hellebuck, it's going to be the New Jersey Devils. Okay, that's all I'll leave it at. But going back to Matt Dumba, there's a lot of teams that he could be a fit for um, and I'm definitely curious to see where you'll end up I do think you'll end up in America because I think that's who is going to pay him and teams that will be able to pay him are potentially maybe Los Angeles if they have can make the cap work um, or you can even look at Tampa if they can make it work uh, they've obviously lost some talent there though a lot of teams are in for Matt Dumba, and rightfully so. A lot of players remaining. I'm very curious to see where the rest go, but I want to talk about Tarasenko and Dumba in the highlight here. Last topic for hockey before I get into the final thoughts. I've been talking for about 33 minutes. I wanted the show to be 30 minutes long, so I'm going to try to do my best to make sure I keep it under 40. <laughs> Last topic, William Nylander, Austin Matthews. Firstly, I said I would talk about Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer signed an $8.8 million deal. Nylander is going to want more than Meyer. Does he deserve it? Well, they're comparable. But Nylander is going to argue more points or just frequent success, whatever he wants to argue. But that's where you're mirroring the contract. And if I'm Toronto, that's a challenge to do. You can't do that. You can't pay that to William Nylander. It's not happening. It is not happening. Uh, and you cannot let someone walk. You cannot let them walk. People are saying it's okay to let him walk as long as you re-sign Austin Matthews. I disagree. I'm a fan of asset management. But the Meyer contract is what would mirror Nylanders. Austin Matthews, I'm going to go to first. Austin Matthews is going to be getting paid. And for him to make more than Connor McDavid, is uh, if he does make more than Connor McDavid, it's unbelievable. He will re-sign in Toronto. If he doesn't, that'll be the biggest tragedy in Maple Leaf history, even on top of Harold, ba uh, of Harold Ballard. You can't lose Austin Matthews. You got to bring, you got to resign him at least for another five more years and get him into that 30, 30 years of age range until you before you lose him. Keep him at least for a decade plus, and hopefully you can win a cup or two in those in that time frame. But there's no way that he is going to be making more than Connor McDavid, even Nathan McKinnon. 
Leon Dreisaitl is on a is on a discounted rate right now, and when his contract comes up, he's going to be getting a raise. But McKinnon and McDavid are measuring sticks for Matthews, sure, but McDavid is better than Austin Matthews. <laughs> okay, I can argue that even Nathan McKinnon could be a better player because of the impact and also winning a Stanley Cup. Okay, so. Crosby for years took $8.7 million to try to help his team win. He took discounts. He was never greedy about money. Malkin, a little different. Ovechkin, I guess, not really a little different. He signed long-term in Washington, right? So they read up with him. So Austin Matthews should be looking at it. He said he's going to take a discount. You want to take a discount? You had 11.36. You had 11.634 is what you were making. Why don't you just resign for the same? You haven't won a cup. Yeah, you got 60 goals one year. The cap's going up, though, right? So I'm not being reasonable. $12 million per year for five years, I think, is a fair contract for Matthews. And then if he's claiming what he is claiming, I'm trying to keep guys and bringing guys to win, that would be a quote-unquote discounted rate, and it wouldn't be above Connor McDavid. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be above Nathan McKinnon. It would keep him at bay with the highest, one of the highest played players in the league. You can look at bonuses, and let me tell you, Austin, if you win a cup in Toronto, the amount of endorsements and sponsors you're going to get, you're going to be the richest player in the National Hockey League. Probably, maybe ever, <laughs> if you win in that city. Okay, So if you want legacy over money, that's the type of players that Toronto needs to have. If he's going to sit there and say, I want $15 million for the next five years, that would be a tough pill to swallow for Toronto because there's no way he should be making more than McDavid. Let's circle back to William Nylander. And let me just say, well, actually quickly, they will resign him. I hope he resigns, and I hope he's honest about taking a quote-unquote discount than normal. Nylander, you can resign him. I don't think it's possible. I want them to run it back. I've said that. I'm okay if they do a rental, sure, even though I'm kind of just contradicting myself where I said that I, I believe in asset management. Look, if they did say out loud that they're going to try to take it to the offseason and try to resign him, they're going for it, think he's a fit, and Brad Living and Brandon Shanahan are open about that, I can swallow that pill because William Nylander and this core four have been together. They've lost together. It'd be great to see them win together, right? But as a fan of asset management, if you if he's going to be resigning for an absolutely obnoxious contract, you need to move on from him. And I did say I was talking to some Toronto writers and some sports, very sports experts. And when I was on a recent Top Shelf edition, I mentioned how I was in touch with a Detroit writer about Nylander cider package deal. Um, it was more so looking at Nylander and, and Simon Edvidson in Montreal. Um, there, or, or sorry, not Montreal, in Detroit. My apologies. I don't know why Montreal came to mind. Uh, so there was a lot of rumors about him going to Detroit. Uh, but now with Deprinkat going to Detroit, which is going to be one of the final thoughts I was going to quickly mention with Detroit right and I'll save it for that I don't see that happening uh, in talking to some Toronto writers uh, they suspect that a, an, uh, an appropriate rumor and this is actually on TikTok is a three-way trade between the Ducks Flames and Leafs where Nylander goes to Calgary and he would actually be interested in resigning long-term in Calgary which kind of makes me very make me not believe that because of the commitments they made with Huberdeau uh, and having what they have with Kadri. I don't, I don't really think that would be the case, but the mock trade was that Willie Nylander would be going to the Calgary Flames. Toronto would be sending a first and a fourth and potentially even um, Alex Steves. 
over to the Anaheim Ducks. Calgary would be sending a first and a late pick to the Ducks as well. The Leafs would be getting Troy Terry and Noah Hannafin. That would be the three-way trade. Do I think that's realistic? No. Do I think it's a good trade, though? I, I like it. I like uh, the top four and top six forward kind of thing, both at affordable contracts. It'd be a little bit more expensive than Nylander is now, but you can make that work. That is the type of trade you need to get for Nylander. You need to get a defenseman who has term or a defenseman who is going to be a stud, but bring in a player to replace him who can fit in that top six. That's trade that needs to be done. And that's where I think that people are going to hold Toronto accountable for unless they can do a sign, a trade and sign with somebody where they trade him and that they know they're going to sign him long term. What do you think about Willie Nylander and Matthews? Still holding out, but I think a contract extension announcement's got to come before puck drop, and we'll know by Nylander probably very, very soon. Things are heating up, I'm hearing. They're not going to go into the hockey season with this drama in Toronto. They want to focus on winning, and to do that, you need to re-sign Matthews and figure out your Nylander situation. Oof, that was a lot. We're 39 minutes in. I said I was going to try to finish by 40, so let's get to my final thoughts. It only takes me about a minute or so to go through the final thoughts. Islanders, look, they re-signed Sorokin, Mayfield. Big signs, bringing, keeping some guys long-term, but it, they made a signing with Pierre Ingvall for seven years at $3 million per. What are you thinking? Listen, I know Lou loves Ingvall. I believe he actually drafted him if I was researching correctly. It could be wrong. I don't care if I am. He is not worth that. My goodness. Awful. 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 That's all I got to say about the honors. Final thoughts. Peering fall. Awful. Number one. Number two thought. Red Wing signing Justin Hall for $3.4 million. Look, Hall is on my board of least worst defenseman of all time. And I'm sure fans of the game sports show will know some of the other ones that I would put in that realm. Justin Hall is not worth $3.4 million. Every wing fan that I've talked to has said, oh, wait, watch who win the Norris. You know what? You're probably right. He will probably get 50 points and win the Norris. But let's be real. This, is, this was a guy that was on for 80% of the goals in Toronto's playoffs. And you can say, oh, yeah, that's because of where Keith played him. That's the players he played against. No, he just gave the puck away and he was trash. I'm not in the NHL. Okay, Hall can stop me in a one-on-one. -on -one. I only play men's league hockey now. And yes, I am talking about my hockey days. My days aren't impressive by any means. I played tier two junior hockey, okay? And truthfully, I would love to go against Justin Hall because I had nothing to lose. And I know Justin Hall would absolutely rock, rock me. I know he would. He's in the National Hockey League. He's there for a reason. But he is not a $3.4 million defenseman. Heck, I don't even know if he's a borderline NHL defenseman. He's a seventh defenseman, maybe a sixth, and you should never play him in a high-pressure important game. The guy throws pucks off the boards. He's anxious, and I don't know if it's because of where he was. The only promising time he had in Toronto was in the bubble when he had a couple good games against Connor McDavid shutting him down. That is it, and when he played with Muzzin, after Muzzin got hurt, he was not the same. Maybe things will change in Detroit. Maybe the Justin Hall that we saw in the bubble will come up in Detroit. We'll get a defenseman who's a shutdown guy on the third pairing that just does his job, puts on his skates, and goes home type deal, but that is ludicrous trade. But I will give a thumbs up. I think the DePrinket trade was awesome. Oh my god, I think you may have stolen from Ottawa, especially if he works out to be the player that he should be. Seems like he only wanted to go to Detroit, so it kind of held Ottawa a little strain there. Thumbs up for Eiserman making that trade, but the Hall signing, Eiserman, I don't, that's one of the, I don't know what you're thinking, but watch, I'll probably eat my words. Last and final thought, it's a little bit of a hot rumor 
that I was talking to my source last night uh, that the Stanley Cup, which was won by Vegas, is going to be coming to Sault Ste. Marie. The Cup would have been either way coming to Sault Ste. Marie. And I guess this is a little bit of local news if you're from Sault Ste. Marie. The Cup is coming to Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, it would have either way if it was Paul Maurice or if it was Mike Amadio from Vegas, Paul Maurice from Florida. Paul Maurice was a friend of the sports show, actually. Um, I do know Mike uh, because I know his brother Matt and I know his family from just my hockey days and playing with, uh, against, and being the same age as his brother Matthew. Uh, but Mike uh, won the Stanley Cup with Vegas, of course, former Toronto Maple Leaf, former LA King, and he's bringing the cup to, to, to St. Marie. And I was told by my source that there may be an announcement, and I'm reading the exact note right now. Uh, there, there's, And this is me recording on July 12th morning, as I told you. Uh, I'm hearing rumors that Mike Amadio will be bringing the cup to Sault Ste. Marie likely next week, which is the week of the 17th. There will be likely an announcement from one of the Sault Ste. Marie media outlets, and I'm, I'm assuming by the weekend quote unquote I'm assuming by this weekend that there'll be an announcement if my connections are true he, uh, it seems like he even said heck it may even be sooner so if my connections are true as I mentioned there'll be an announcement about when the Stanley Cup is coming to Sault Ste. Marie uh, so you can have the opportunity to go see the Stanley Cup meet Mike my advice is go early it's going to be very very busy I don't know what the venue is going to be. That will likely be announced where. I would suspect likely two places. <laughs> it would likely be uh, at to the GFL, which is where the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds play. Uh, or it will be at a, a luxurious um, type place where they can do something uh, outdoors or like at a patio at a hotel or something rather, a conference room or even Grand Gardens, like a banquet hall. Maybe that will be where it will be, but I'd be very surprised if it wasn't at the GFL. There's my final thoughts. I'm four minutes over already. I've been lying, saying I'm going to be about 30 minutes, and I go to 40, now I'm at 44. Look, it's typical Dave being Dave here on the Game Sports Show podcast. And this has been one segment. Whew, I'm out of breath. Baseball, hockey, we talked about. I'm sorry we don't have two parts. I want to make it up to you with this time. Uh, too bad we couldn't have the guests on that we had planned. Uh, hopefully we can have Terry Virtue come on in the very near future to have another edition of TGSS podcast or uh, a Game Sports Show special edition upload, either one. I want to say thank you to you, the listeners, for taking the time to listen to yours truly here on the Game Sports Show podcast. And let me remind you, what is the Game Sports Show powered by? Very easy. 91N, 91 Network. Also still currently known as TGEM, uh, the TGEM Network YouTube channel. The official name change will be converting by the end of this month, but we are starting to announce the 91N for a smooth transition. And if you're asking what the difference is, fine, I'll tell you, there is no difference. There was simply just a name change. And the reason why is because people were asking what the difference was from the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment Media, and trust me, there is. The Game Sports Show is a podcast. The Game Entertainment Media was a platform that aired podcasts. It was a community podcast platform, local and uh, nationally. Uh, so, to ensure there's a difference, it's been collaborated to change the name. It's the same thing, same mission statement, same mission plan, same business plan, whatever you want to call it. 91N is the same thing as TGEM. Okay, there's your brief summary. But again, the Game Sports Show and the Game Sports Show podcast is powered by 91N slash still temporarily TGEM. 
Sponsored by Flawless Roofing, Flawless Roofing Church Hill Incorporated, 30 years experience in the business. Sault Ste. Marie, Thunder Bay, doesn't matter where you are. Search them up, flawlessroofing.ca or on Facebook. Flawless Roofing Sure Seal Incorporated. Protect your investment. Start from the top. I got to get my roof done. Speaking of that, oh, there's always something to do, right, as a house owner. All right, now I'm starting to ramble on. It's time to look and get to the conclusion. Upcoming editions of the Game Sports Show. We will have a Game Sports Show special edition upload coming within the next 10 to 14 days. It will be with Gilbert Brule, former first-round pick in the National Hockey League. It was a very good episode. That will be coming up. Uh, then make sure you keep an eye on more editions of the special editions. We like to do at least one upload of those a month. Uh, then, of course, we will have a Strike Zone edition coming up. And, of course... Within the next two weeks, we'll have another Game Sports Show podcast upload. So a lot of uploads. Make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all of our platforms. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. And I want everyone to wish me luck. It's my bachelor party this weekend. Oof. There's about 14 of us going. I don't really know where we're going. It's a surprise. And it's going to be something. I'll let you know how it goes on an upcoming edition. Fun stories. Wish me luck about it. You know, the wedding's coming around the corner. Things are t flying by here. And again, I am blabbering on here at the end of the show because it's so hard to say goodbye when you're having fun just talking to yourself. I'm here to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drink your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>